0: hello and welcome to around the corner the cleveland guardians minor league and prospects podcast at covering i am co-host matt schlichting joined as always by brian hemminger Brian, it's been a little while since we were able to cast the old pod how you been Good, yeah. It's been it's been a hot minute, hasn't it? i certain things going on in my life that have prevented some baseball activities from time to time, but we're excited to be back.
1: We yeah, have, and we then, have and then good then that news. Jerk editor of our website had to go and be on vacation last week.
0: Yeah, who in their right mind takes a family to Disney World? Is <laughs> he some kind of monster? Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> By all accounts it sounds like he had an awesome time. So a little bit of time away for some folks, uh spending time with family and everything. It's been nice, but we've got some minor league baseball to talk about. We absolutely do. And so we'll kick things off as always with our number one overall prospect in the system as voted for as voted on, rather, by covering the corner website readers. And that would be Mr. George Valera. Yeah,
1: and for those wondering, this spans four weeks. Uh, Since our last episode. So uh, it's not the typical two-week break in between. So don't be freaking out if the numbers aren't quite as good. Because it is a lot tougher to sustain excellence for that long. But Valera, uh, who has been promoted to AAA now, has had a pretty unique little stat line here. He has a slash of a 222, 378, 444. Um, Striking out 25% of the time, but walking 19% of the time. He has four doubles and four home runs over that stretch. Most interesting is those four home runs came in a pair of two homer games in the same week. Um, And then has walked 17 times over the past 21 games. Scoring uh, 11 runs, knocking in seven, and getting hit by one pitch. Yep. We've seen
0: this with Valera before when he gets promoted. He will retain his patience, but it takes a little bit of time for the bat to come around one way or the other. Who knows if it's timing? Um, it couldn't be related to seeing the ball because he keeps drawing his walks. But there was one other interesting thing this time is when we last did the pod cast, he had a 222 and 444 <laughs> slugging percentage as well. Uh just kind of a really strange coincidence that one month of baseball games later and the only difference in his line is from getting on base. Just hey, I real Getting weird, on but, base
1: is good though, especially after being promoted.
0: Well, and we've always said find your way to base however you can.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: fun to see the difference in <clears throat> the total output. Just from drawing some more walks, basically, on a at least a by rate
1: basis. And uh, that brings us to our number two uh, prospect, Brian Rocchio. How has Mr. Rocchio done? It's a little bit tougher
0: sledding for Mr. Rocchio. He slashed 242, 269, 333 with a WRC plus of 61. Strikeout rate at 21%, not overly concerning. But the walks dried up. He only had two over the last four weeks, which is a little sad. Still managed to have three doubles, two home runs, and come around to score 11 times.
1: But And during that time period, he also has been promoted to AAA. It,
0: it was kind of funny. I had a chance to go to a Rubber Ducks game this past weekend, and uh, the couple sitting behind me was not complaining, but they were a little bummed, like, oh, we didn't make it in time this year to see Valera and Ropio. Oops. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, they're not going to be counted towards this group of stats. But Rokio did hit a home run today already. You love to see it. Next on our list is... Tyler Freeman. Uh, Mr. Freeman, I believe, has pretty much spent this entire month up in Columbus, or up in uh, with the Guardians. And while he hasn't had a lot of opportunities, he's kind of been the last guy on the bench. He has hit uh, 194 with a 324 on base, which is respectable and uh, 258 slugging. Good for a 79 WRC+. plus. He's hit a pair of doubles, uh, four strikeouts, three walks, three hit-by-pitches already. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. <laughs> has only played uh, 37 plate appearances, and he has been hit by three pitches. So almost one every 11 at-bats.
0: So these are numbers that... While not scintillating, these will keep you on the end of the bench on a major league roster. Assuming you continually capably field multiple positions, which it is perhaps uh, a big ask for him to step in and play some third base at
1: the major league level right after getting promoted. I think he's been doing a pretty adequate third base so far. What can you tell us about Daniel Espino? Uh, Yeah, Daniel Espino, the good news, he's alive. Yes, (laughs) Uh, bad news, it's almost certain that he is just being shut down for the rest of the year. So, sucks. Sucks to suck. Uh, I wanted to see him, but I can understand them not wanting to, him to get brought back just for like one start. It's It's probably the right call.
0: And one thing I've wondered about this year is to what extent when we're not seeing players on the field, are they getting some pretty significant bullpen and or other type of work
1: yeah that that's the one thing we are not you know privy to so we just have to trust that they are taking care of these guys and we've seen this in the past you know they shut down Tristan McKenzie for almost a full season and you know he's out there being you know arguably one of our best pitchers this MLB season it's actually so,
0: exactly what I was thinking about mm-hmm. pulling up the stats again and seeing like I'm Having seen how it worked for McKenzie, similar type of prospect,
1: just and it happened to McKenzie about the time he hit double A. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just uh, started dealing with a couple injuries that, with McKenzie, it happened over a course of two seasons. So we'll see. This is the first time Espino's had any injury issues whatsoever. Um, it started with a little knee tendonitis, which didn't sound serious, but then developed some shoulder maybe was a like a compensation type injury well yeah. so yeah you, you just got to be super careful with shoulders at the MLB level uh, especially with an elite pitching prospect like Daniel Espino is so I can understand them not trying to rush him back and it's interesting like the last thing you want is him to go under the knife
0: yeah it feels like organizations might understand that everything is connected a little bit more and that's a' um, I don't want to steal the phrase "the connect chain because that's drivelines, but you kind of need full range of motion with your whole body to pitch effectively. Right. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Miller possibly is another case where his his knee tendonitis flared up and it started messing with his release point. It's just I'm rambling now, but I trust what the Guardians are doing here, even though you're right, it's a bummer. We haven't seen him pitch as much as we. Like.
1: I'd say the, the the difference with Miller though was he was six like, seven. Oh yeah, and he was gangly like th- Like his release point and uh and his knee, I think would affect him more than an Espino who is for sure. I mean, this dude is made of muscle and he's like six one. Yeah, so. if
0: you're six six or taller, one day those knees are gonna start screaming. Oh, It'll God. come. I'm six five. You're safe. You're safe. Yeah, That's totally barely, arbitrary yeah. ba- boundary I just made, Brian. It's good. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to end up like Greg Oden. It's okay.
1: Oh, God. Don't even. I I went to college with Greg Oden. <laughs> For one year. I saw him on campus one time, I swear.
0: It'd be hard to miss, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, next up, we've got Nolan Jones, who has spent... I believe, started the month on Cleveland and then was sent back down to AAA. In I have a, a little short bit objection. of a surprise move. Yes. We forgot Gabriel Arias. Oh, yeah, that, that would be good. <laughs> we probably shouldn't forget him, especially considering he's been one of our most successful top 10 prospects over this period.
0: Yeah, he has had a nice bounce back after his brief assignment to the Cleveland Guardians roster. He slashed 274, 344, 488 back at Columbus over the last four weeks. That bagged him a WRC plus of 120. Along the way, he had a couple of doubles, three home runs, stole three, or excuse me, was hit by three pitches, so taking the Tyler Freeman route to base as well. Just overall, nice to see him go back to the level he was at and continue to hit the ball well.
1: Yeah, it seems like he's finally settling in and injury free. You know, we've been kind of watching him struggle all season. Uh, you know, I think he's been on the injured list twice. He's had uh issues with his hands, issues with his, you know, legs, like just whatever. He just has not been able to to stay healthy and and get consistent playing time. Like he's been called up twice for like bare, for like a couple days. So he's just up, he's down. It's, it's just been a frustrating season for him. It so it's it's nice to see that he had a really rock solid month of playing time, especially because it's he's not been playing a consistent position. I don't know if you've been aware, but during the past month, they've you know normally this is a guy that's been playing shortstop, 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 maybe a little bit of second, maybe a little bit of third. He's been playing outfield and first base. During this stretch. They're moving around. Yeah, they're they're trying to add some uh, flexibility to him because, you know, more than likely he is going to be a a possible call up because he is a a rare right-handed bat (laughs) uh, that we could use some help with to hit lefties um, right now. We can't
0: hit lefties right now. It's, it's It's been
1: an issue at the MLB level, so... And Owen Miller has reverse splits. He's better against righties than lefties, despite being right-handed. So I would say Arias would be a much better call to be playing first base against left-handed pitching if you are going to do it.
0: It kind of looks like their mind is, then again, September tomorrow, right? We're recording on Wednesday night here. So it'd be interesting to see them potentially use him... In a utility role like that, and then have him not be available for the playoffs should they make it.
1: He's automatically available for the playoffs. Oh, is he because of the because he's man? already been called up and he's forty. Ah, okay. Same with Cody Morris. Um, if he's he's on forty man. Excellent news then. So
0: crisis averted. Like
1: Cody Morris, by the way, is in Cleveland. He's he will be joining the team tomorrow.
0: It was fun seeing Meisel's tweet. Just he's he happens to be around in Progressive Field. I don't know, guys. What does it mean? <laughs>
1: So, yes, uh, th- that rule only applies to players that, say, are top prospects but haven't been added to the 40-man. And then, say, they call them up for the first time on September 1st, then they can't. They're not eligible. That's why, say, Baltimore called up Gunnar Henderson today on the 31st because he was not on the 40-man. Awesome. Good to clarify the rule. Yep. Say, say they wanted to call up, like, Bo Naylor, they would have had to do it today. So, he is not eligible for the postseason or Valera or Rokio or any of those guys. We can now proceed to one
0: Mr. Nolan Jones who had a bit of a, a split here in his assigned time.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jones, he was off to an incredible start. If you remember in his MLB debut, uh, was hitting home runs, was hitting for extra bases. Uh, he was setting a record for most runs batted in and run production Uh, over his first, like, 10 games for a a Cleveland rookie. I mean, he was unbelievable, and then pitchers started adjusting to him, and he started losing playing time. Then Oscar Gonzalez got healthy, and he lost even more playing time. And then he just started, you know, barely playing, and Cleveland was like, you know what, let's send him down. And if we're going to have somebody that we're not playing a lot, it should be like, you know, Richard Palacios, who – Has done well in that position where, you know, inconsistent at bats, but we can plug him in and know that, you know, he'll probably give us a good at bat and maybe get, you know, slap a single. So Nolan's back down in Columbus playing every day and doing much better. So uh, he had a WRC plus of two over uh, the span uh, that he was in the MLB level with an extremely strange slash line of 192, 192, 192. Just hit five singles in eight games over 26 plate appearances, 11 strikeouts, no walks, no hit by pitches. That is not a Nolan Jones line. That's a tough time. So, yeah, clearly, you know, give him a chance to get every day at bats, get comfortable again. And gain that confidence and swagger. And you're seeing it already in his stint at Columbus. He has a WRC plus of 100, has already smacked uh, three home runs, dropped, you know, cut the strikeout rate in half, and uh, is slashing uh, 226, 273, 516. So uh, much more Nolan Jones esque. You'll want to see him get more walks, but, you know, slowly gaining that plate approach back, too.
0: I don't think it will take him particularly long to right the ship, as it were. I don't, it would be nice to see him do it sooner rather than later so that he can be part of the postseason run again, but we shall see.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm still a big believer in Nolan Jones. Um, it's going to be tricky, though, trying to figure out where we're going to be playing him because, you know, we, it seems like, You know, Stephen Kwan obviously has locked down an outfield position. Seems like they're giving a lot of run to to Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, Center field is either Miles Straw or Will Benson, and Nolan does not play center field. So, you know, he said he was willing to to learn some first base, but they're not giving him first base at-bats right now in Columbus or opportunities. So we'll see what happens.
0: Only time can tell, Brian. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but what can you tell us about Logan Allen? Yeah, Logan Allen, he's uh, struggle-busting it a little bit. Um, he had four games started, and over those four games had an ERA of 6.6. 6. Now, the strikeout rate is still respectable at 20.6%, but the walk rate has exploded up to 10.3%. He whiffed uh, 14 batters over uh, 15 innings pitched and 15 innings pitched over four games started is not good. The the biggest issue is uh, I think his last start was one of the worst starts of his entire career. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up quick. I don't think he made it out of the first inning. He, he did not. Yeah, he went – so following a decent start, but he's had over this stretch, he had one good start where he went five and two-thirds – shut out innings, struck out four. That was the first start. Then the next one, three innings, allowed three runs, struck out five. Then went five and two-thirds, uh, struck out five, gave up three runs. But last start, went two-thirds of an inning, did not strike out anybody, gave up five runs, four hits, two walks. And during those starts, he walked seven batters.
0: Ooh. That's just
1: not Logan Allen. There's, he has really struggled to, to. he was, you know, we, we talked about him earlier this year that he was Mr. Consistent. He is going to give you a quality start every outing. He's going to strike out, you know, eight guys or more. And that has not happened at AAA. He has really struggled uh, with his command. I don't know if they have a different ball; it's a tougher grip or something. Um, you know, we've seen uh, several of our Double A pitchers struggle moving up to Triple A, but uh, Logan Allen has it has been by far the toughest transition for him.
0: Yeah, he um he had a little bit of a speed bump in May at AA after being fantastic for about the first five weeks of the season, but then he had a good June. Looks like he's got things under control. He gets the promotion and just, yeah, basically since being promoted, I see like two good weeks of baseball and that's it. And we had talked a little bit about how it seems like, it seemed like the peripherals were holding up, but maybe he wasn't getting results, but yeah, not so much. <clears throat> I mean, the strikeouts are still there. It's just, ow. Every time we come back and talk, he's got a ERA well over five, it feels like. At a least for apparently,
1: uh, he pitched in today and went five and a third shutout innings, but also walked three more. Oh, this is mystifying. So he's he's been alternating decent starts with terrible starts. So Is he sandbagging?
0: Maybe he wants to fall out of the top ten this year so he can do the Stephen Kwan thing next
1: year, right? I don't know. I mean, he's right on the precipice right now. So <laughs> With Stephen Kwan, he was amazing. At double A, then was amazing at triple A, and then made the team out of spring training and is in contention for rookie of the year. So Juan was amazing for two years in a row.
0: He wants to sneak into 11 on the covering the corner countdown because clearly that's Ah, the launch pad. Gotcha. Um, Next up, a pitcher who has not slowed down at any point this season is Gavin Williams. I had the opportunity to see him pitch when I went to the Rubber Ducks game. He's great. He is very good, actually, at baseball, it turns out. I confirmed it with my eyes. And he, in the last month, more or less, has a couple of starts. A one-point, hey, I'm looking at the wrong month. Let me get back to the right month. Uh, He's got four starts in this time span. A 2.21 ERA, 20 innings pitched, 10.5 strikeouts per nine, a little more than 2.5 walks per nine, just not giving up many home runs, not walking guys, 24 strikeouts in 20 innings. The thing that was most impressive seeing him in person was how it looked like he was comfortable using all of his pitches. He was getting Which, uh, swings and misses with all of them. Oh, it is a bit of a blur of Luigi's pizza pizza ads, actually. They play it every single time there's a foul ball. Saturday night. So I can't. I, the Flying Squirrels. Was it recently? Against. So and would it would have been the
1: 27th? Roop
0: was the opposing pitcher who has an
1: exceptional curveball. Was it this past Saturday night? Yeah. Okay, so the 27th, yeah. So you got to see his best start during that stretch.
0: He looked like, – like I said, he was throwing all of his pitches with confidence.
1: Yeah, five innings, two misses. hits, eight strikeouts, one earned run. What What's really crazy is uh, he only – he only had one He had one not-so-great start. It was actually his worst start as a minor leaguer during this stretch. And how bad but, was it? Uh, four and two-thirds, gave up four runs. Eh, that'll happen. But his other three starts were so amazing that his ERA was still two-something. So that's because his other two starts were no runs allowed, no runs allowed, one run allowed.
0: <laughs> it's ace stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: speaking of... Players, Did you have more on Williams? I'm sorry. I'm, nope, I'm good. I'm all hot to trot because I actually got to see these guys this time. John Kenzie Noel. It was fun watching him have an adventure out in right field. I don't think he's an
1: outfielder, Brian. John Kenzie Noel? No. <laughs> I, uh, he, um, he is a big, big guy. To me, he's first baseman.
0: Yeah, he little leagued a ball. Like You know how coach tells you to pick up the ball with your bare hand if it's on the ground? Mm-hmm. He gloved it and it popped out on him. Oh, like I, no. I don't. I have not seen that happen on a professional field before. So I, I don't know if he's a right. I don't. I just don't think it's going to work out there.
1: He looked well, pretty good
0: at the plate. Um, yeah. Was he has counts, been on a but...
1: nice stretch. I think uh, he's mm-hmm. made got on base safely for about 18 games in a row right now. So excellent. That is a very good sign because there was a stretch there where. He had atrocious Bapip luck, like like in the ones for his Bapip. And uh but his strikeout rate was down <laughs> at after being promoted to double A. So his approach was fine. He just couldn't catch a break. And it seems like that luck is starting to even out a little bit now. Yeah. And he's walking more, which is a great sign. It's because a beautiful sign when you're a guy that hits the ball as hard as John Kenzie Noel is pitchers are going to be scared of you. Like they're going to be throwing more balls to you than to the typical batter. And he needs to learn to lay off of those pitches. And if he does, that makes him so much more valuable as a hitter. Yeah.
0: The, the line from this past week or week month 235 343 414 so like you said a lot more patient drawn more walks 29.3 strikeout rate which with his power you can live with it if he manages to get on base at that clip
1: yeah i mean the ability to take that walk when the pitcher wants nothing to do with you instead of just forcing it is invaluable as a power hitter so like i i know that you know people fear the whole three troop outcome thing but like with a guy like John Kendy Noel, he absolutely needs to be able to take those walks.
0: Yes. Um, my last thing on Noel, and I'm just a dude sitting at a computer screen in Columbus, but I don't know if Warrior Two facing away from the pitcher is a great batting stance. <laughs> like his, his heel is actually facing, his left heel faces the pitcher, and he's like turned away in like a almost a crescent lunge. Craziest stance I've ever seen in person. Well, somehow he makes it
1: work. I mean, oh, I'm he not... represented us at the Futures game, too. So. The results are great, but yeah. <laughs> it seems like he could possibly
0: simplify. But again, I know,
1: I agree. I'm agree. i a dipshit, so <laughs> tell us about Bo Naylor. Yeah, Bo Naylor, pretty average, just very slightly below average stretch here. Uh, slashed uh, 215, 326, 380, over 21 games. Hit three home runs, scored twelve runs, hit four doubles, uh got hit by a pitch, stole four bases, which is pretty impressive. Biggest concern was the strikeout rate did go up a bit here to twenty-nine uh, percent. Now, you know, we, we we can live with like Noel doing that, but we want Bo to, you know, have that be a little bit lower. Cuz throughout the whole season he has dropped his strikeout rate and had his walk rate be elite. Um, the walk rate's good right now, 13%, but it's been better. Like, he's been one of our guys that has been drawing the most walks in the system all season.
0: He eats baseballs. So,
1: yeah. So, this is, you know, a perfectly average line. Um, and the Bapip has, you know, been a little low. So, he's been a little bit unlucky as well.
0: I'm not super concerned one way or the other with this.
1: Agreed. Uh, the
0: interesting thing I'll say is it does. Make me laugh that I had my over the top rant about calling him up. And then he had this little bit of a downturn that coincided with the Guardians catchers actually being in the top 10 in WRC plus since the All Star break, which is kind of mind blowing. The hell of a It was, it was
1: almost guys. like we traded for a new catchers offensively.
0: Yeah, it, it's been. It, I, I thought of seven cliches. <laughs> Didn't want to say any of them. Um, one thing to go back to Noel very quickly that I wanted to point out is he hit two triples in one home run during the month. Interesting. But I do believe that closes the book on our top 10 for the month of August. At this time, the top five from all over the system who were not ranked in at the top 20 by covering yeah. the Corner.com website members.
1: Now, first things first, uh, we're going to have an appearance from Tanner Bybee again. It's just, I'm going to count while you keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say, Tanner Bybee is getting some love from uh, a lot of different prospect uh, organizations. Um, Keith Law, in his mid-season re-rankings, put Tanner Bybee in his top 50 in all of MLB. So that's how impressive Bybee has been. Fifth round pick, by the way, last season as a college senior. So the, the dude has really, like, just become a superstar in terms of the, the Cleveland organization. So, and they also, MLB Pipeline announced a re-ranking of the Cleveland system after uh, the trade deadline and the MLB draft. And Bybee comes in at number eight, right behind Chase DeLauder, our number one pick from this season. and it's I went back to check. He has actually only
0: made the top five from all over the system the last two times but his numbers for the last month are
1: just gross his numbers for the season are gross
0: <laughs> yeah i he has been dominant for basically almost three months two months for sure he had a little bit of a hiccup uh late may but Really, it's just one game that you look at and go, "That wasn't good." The rest of them, he's going out pitching six innings, and I don't know, not really giving up any runs. Mm-hmm. There's only one, two, three, four, five, six total starts where he's given up more than one run this season, yeah, between high A and double
1: A. I mean, I have uh, the MLB, you know, TV, and Tanner Bebe starts are appointment viewing. The dude is incredibly impressive because he's that pitcher that was a command first guy and then added not just like a couple miles an hour. He added like seven miles an hour to his fastball. So he went from a guy that was, you know, touching 90 to hitting 98 easy. All of a sudden, you know, he's got uh, a nasty fastball, nasty uh, off-speed pitches one of the best change-ups in the system and he can locate everything so i mean he's terrifying like he is quickly becoming one of the best prospects in the system like he no one can yeah, arguably really... been the best pitcher in Cleveland system all season like, I was, even better than williams
0: one of the two most likely i think you'd have to look at for giving them that nod but you know one of them was a highly heralded First overall pick, and the other one was a pick from last year who just sort of showed up this year after having taken super soldier serum. Maybe,
1: <laughs> yeah. I do not actually uh, think
0: there's any performance enhancing going on, but it's awesome to see.
1: Well, something that he has was improved. hilarious was Guardian's perspective on Twitter posted that of the top ten pitchers in all of the minor leagues that are qualified starters. Um, Cleveland has four of the top seven in FIP. Wow. And all four were 2021 draft picks.
0: That might be another 2016 draft. We shall see. So,
1: yeah. Number two, Jack Lefwich, your boy. Uh, Number four, Tanner Bybee. Number five, Gavin Williams. Number seven, my boy, Will Dion. (laughs) Terrific segue to the fact that
0: he also made the list again.
1: Yeah, uh, Will Dion um, will save his stats until we get to the corner cover. That brings us to a fun group of relievers that we get
0: to showcase this time. It was an interesting month for hitters where not many players stood out, but these are all uh, scoreless performances from relievers in the minors which is fun since it kind of mirrors what's been going on on the Major League roster.
1: Yeah, and this is especially impressive because this is over a four-week break, not just a two-week break. So these are spanning, you know, double-digit innings pitched and still not giving up any runs.
0: We'll start with Neivar Acosta. I believe that's how it would be pronounced. He pitched seven innings, striking out a total of 11 batters. He walked five, or excuse me, walked four in those seven innings and hit a batter, but no hits. No hits. Sorry, guys. I like that. He is down in
1: the complex league. No, this is the DSL. Ooh, excuse me. Thank you for catching me on that. Yeah. So he's been going in and pitching, you know, an inning, two tops at a time, and I think over this stretch, it was one, two, three, four, five, six appearances. So uh, pretty impressive, especially uh, for a 19-year-old just turned 19.
0: Yeah, Anytime somebody doesn't give up any runs for a month, you got to put your hands together. Uh, So who did we have? And this was one I actually had to bump someone from our top five when you brought this man to my attention, who I missed because he was promoted in the middle of this stretch, and it has
1: not slowed him down. Yeah, this is a Mason Hickman. Now, you might be familiar with him a little bit. He was drafted in 2020, the year that we only had five rounds in the MLB draft. He was our fifth round pick. And Cleveland, you know, has been trying to make him a starter. So last year, he spent the whole season pretty much at Lake County High A uh, as a starter. And then he spent, you know, the first two thirds of this season repeating at High A. And his numbers weren't any better this year compared to last year. He had an ERA in like the mid fours, still was striking out guys, but just was not working out over longer stretches of time. So uh, I believe, let me pull this up, but uh, they moved him to the bullpen in June and he has not given up a run since being moved to the bullpen. It's a good change. Okay, it wasn't Good June. Change. It was July eighth. July eighth, he he started, went four innings, gave up, or went three and a third innings, gave up four runs. Then he took two weeks off and returned as a bullpen guy, and ever since uh, on pitching uh, July twenty third, he has been scoreless, uh, and that includes obviously the the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven appearances during this stretch here where he's been lights out uh, and he was so good out of the bullpen that they promoted him to double-A and he's continued to that scoreless streak into double-A as well. So could become uh, a bullpen weapon. And you got to remember a lot of the best uh, bullpen guys were starters. Um, you know, class A was a starter. Did you know that back when he was in the minors?
0: I did not know that he started out that way, but yeah. yes, but, not uh, uncommon for some talented guys to make the switch at some point.
1: Yeah. I I'd say I bet half of Cleveland's bullpen was starters in the minors. Uh, you know, Eli Morgan obviously has been a starter. Hentges was a starter. Um, I think Karinchek was not. Sandlin was not, although, uh, Sandlin was a starter in college, but, uh, Yeah, half the guys were converted starters. So, you know, you see that a lot of the times, especially when guys have, you know, maybe they have an arsenal of like four pitches, but, you know, two of them are elite and the other ones are so-so. They just go, hey, focus on your elite pitches, go out there and just give everything you got for one inning. And all of a sudden, everything you have plays up. And I think that's what's working for Hickman.
0: We mentioned... Players making the move from starter to reliever. Zach Petway is the last member of our relievers club this time. He, too, was a uh, four-year senior, four-year player, and graduated as a senior from UCLA, was a starter all four years. The then Indians drafted him in the 16th round. He started one game in the minors last season, or excuse me, earlier this season in the Complex League, and then pretty much immediately hopped over to the bullpen.
1: Yeah, and even things that game he started last, was one inning.
0: Yeah, and things in the last month for him definitely seem to have clicked. No earned runs and in 11 innings pitched. 18 strikeouts over that stretch. Only two walks and four hits.
1: Just yeah. mauling yeah. guys and uh what's what's interesting is his appearances out of the bullpen have been a little longer uh up to three innings, even so, yeah uh, it's almost
0: like they are sculpting him into a fireman type multi inning reliever, potentially. The other option is they could stretch him out again next year and have him resume starting duties, but
1: yeah, it seemed like uh he started in April and got hurt after just two appearances. So they rehabbed him after uh, about two months of a break and he made a a few appearances in Arizona and then they brought him back in uh, July and he's been terrific ever since. So I think throughout this entire season, uh, he's only had two times where he's given up uh, more than two uh, two runs or more. Uh, Honestly, over his appearances, let's see. He's had, let's see here. 17 games and over 17 games he has only allowed any runs at all, one, two four times. And two of those were the first two appearances of the season. So out of this last 15, he's only given up two runs twice. Yep, There's a couple more appearances where runs scored,
0: but they end up not hitting the stat line and yeah, honestly there's so errors many errors involved. Yeah, you know,
1: In the minors there's so many errors, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so this guy could be a little bit of a diamond in the rough. Uh, really interesting. Uh, you always see Cleveland uh, you know, hitting on some of those uh, day three picks, and looks like Petway could be one of those. Yeah. Cody Allen was in the
0: 23rd round. Yeah.
1: Zach Blazek was a 12th rounder.
0: Yeah, similar kind of – could be a similar kind of thing. I know we like to refer to Allen because he was awesome but the line does sort of remind me of him a little bit, and you wonder if maybe Alan became a template of sorts for their development team. I don't know. I'm just speculating at this point. Also, no bonus sixth guy this week. You guys can suck it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we did that for two weeks in a row. So,
0: At this time, we turn our attention to the corner cupboard. Where we stash away a hitter and pitcher each that we just think are neat.
1: Yeah. And uh, for me, um, I had Will Brennan, who is going through, I would say, his first slightly below average stretch um, in Columbus. You know, he got, he he was excellent earlier this year at Double A, earned a promotion to Triple A, was batting 350. I think, maybe even 360 at AAA. And, uh, you know, this past month, he slashed uh, 233, 313, 360, dropped his overall Columbus batting average down to like 305. So definitely struggle busting a little bit, especially because the strikeout rate is still low. You know, he's only at 11% strikeout rate. And it says his BAPIP is 342. I don't know if that's even possible.
0: Let me double check. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I hit everything this time. But you never know. 257.
1: Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Okay. I was going to say, like, there's no way that his numbers are that low and his up is that high without hitting a bunch of home runs. Yeah, he's just, he's been a bit unlucky, but hey, that's okay. You know, an 81 WRC plus is not terrible. It's just slightly below average. It's still been, you know, double what Miles Straw's been doing. (laughs) Again... I wonder who's batting average on balls in play that was.
0: Oh, him from last time. Okay. Yeah. Everything that else makes got updated,
1: though. <laughs> All right. How, how did your position player do?
0: I have Jake Fox. In his time during the month of August, he played 16 games, slashing 250, 311, 456. Gave him a WRC plus of 109. Stole a couple of bases, had two home runs, eight doubles. So it was nice to see a little bit of the power potential emerge for him during this stretch.
1: Yeah, excellent. Uh, you know, Jake Fox is a guy that I'm extremely high on, and uh, to see him start to showcase a little bit of pop, that's exciting because he's done a very good job of uh, getting on base and hitting for decent average throughout the season. Um, and we've just and he is a prep player, so he was a high school bat, I believe. So um, it's exciting when you see some of those younger guys start to develop the power. I mean, we saw it with, you know, Jonathan Rodriguez this year finally happen. you know, smacking like 21 home runs in 40 games, like just ridiculous stretch of insane power, you know, that we always thought that they might have. And, uh, you know, uh, Fox is younger than, than Rodriguez and he's already starting to show it. So it's exciting.
0: It is exciting. Now, tell us about Will Dion.
1: Tell us. (laughs) Well, Will Dion was the other player in the top five. Uh, Over four games, he had a ridiculous ERA of 1.16, pitched a 23 and a third innings, struck out 10.4 batters per nine innings, had an incredibly impressive 27 strikeouts compared to just six walks. Uh, only allowed three earned runs over those 23 and a third innings. And I believe in one of his most recent starts, he had uh, one of his best starts of the season. Let me pull it up here. His, uh he went seven innings, seven shutout innings and gave up uh, just one hit, seven strikeouts, two walks. So uh, really, really impressive. Um, it's crazy. He's been at low A all season just because Cleveland has so much good pitching. They haven't had a spot for him. <laughs> they, they promoted two guys from low A up to high A and there hasn't been room for another guy because the guys at high A haven't quite been good enough to get promoted more. So
0: too many good pitchers is a great problem.
1: Yeah. And at, at, at high A, We had Gavin Williams and Tanner Bybee make it up to double A, but out of everybody else that started the year at high A, uh, we have not had that same, uh, you know, get that promotion as a starting pitcher. Uh, You know, Doug Nicasey, Tommy Mace have kind of just stuck around at high A all season as uh, both being second round picks last season. But. Yeah, Will Dion's time will come, especially if he continues to to put up performances like this. The numbers are
0: too good for him to be denied. So if he keeps working like this, it'll pay off.
1: Yep. Speaking of good numbers, uh, I believe your uh, corner-covered pitcher had a very nice stretch as
0: well. Yeah, Jack Leftwich just continues to be an effective minor league starter. Managed five starts. So the timing worked out that he squeezed in an extra one compared to most other players. 25 and two thirds innings in those starts with an ERA of 3.16, striking out 29, walking seven, 20 hits scattered in. So a little bit of traffic there on the bases, but managed pretty well. Only gave up the one home run, hit two batters. So he's making sure to cover his tracks. Mm -hmm. smart.
1: And I think the thing that impresses me the most was his last start uh, Went six innings, gave up one run on three hits, no walks, nine strikeouts.
0: Yeah, And, dominant.
1: and that's after being promoted to high A. So uh, even his bad start was terrifying because he went three and two-thirds innings and gave up five runs, but he struck out nine guys. <laughs> so barely – put the ball in play. Like every time somebody put the ball in play, it was a hit. And then he struck out everybody else.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think one of the things that I like appreciate
1: that game had to be like 900.
0: Probably one of the things I've appreciated most about his performances this season is that it feels like it's if he has a bad game, it's just like, yeah, he was off tonight. You never, I, I, at least it's tough for me to recall any instances where he's really gotten spanked. And it's just given up like seven or eight. And that brings us to the end of our podcast this week. Uh, Brian, believe it or not, accidentally kicked the cord on his computer. Can you hear me? Oh my goodness, he's back. Whew. Yes, yes, I can. I, can you hear me? You see, this is why you buy a good sound card, I guess.
1: My sound card isn't the problem. It's the, <laughs> it's the cord connection to my microphone. It is the dumbest connection that exists. The microphone <laughs> is vertical, and the bottom of the microphone has the plugs. So the plugs, you push them up into the microphone, and then they are just dangling by gravity. Oh. So just the longer you have the microphone, the worse the connection is going to get. And then eventually you just have to replace the the hundred dollar microphone because because its cord suck and it's the the most highly rated you know microphone that exists a blue yeti uh, okay but I think we're okay I'm hearing
0: you loud and clear now okay good. I we were just wrapping up on Jack Leftwich and
1: oh no the the bullpen streak has ended uh, Eli Morgan of course
0: well I haven't completely given up on Morgan's. Major League aspirations yet, but...
1: Uh, Cody Morris might be taking his spot on the roster.
0: Yeah, I don't know if this season is a a keeper for Morgan, but I feel like it's rare to see someone with that good a change-up not figure it out. Back to the cast! Do we have some transaction news?
1: Okay, we have quite a few transactions over this uh, stretch here. I would say... There were a couple releases, none super surprising, except one Quentin Holmes, our former number top draft pick from the, I believe, the 2017 draft, the year we drafted Tyler Freeman. And uh, Quentin Holmes, we drafted him directly before Freeman. Um, he was at double A this year, and they released him. So. Never quite caught on um, in terms of all the other transactions, though. Let's see here. This will start with uh, Hunter Gaddis making his pro debut with Cleveland. Then we had, you know, it did not go particularly well. <laughs> um, then we had Xavion Curry making his pro debut in Cleveland. That went a little bit better. Um, we had Josh Wolf being activated. Uh, and returning to Lynchburg. Then we had uh, Luis Oviedo getting activated in Akron from an injury. Uh, Most recently, we actually did have some promotions that I was not aware of. Will Dion, who we just talked about, actually just got promoted to Lake County. (laughs) Uh, It happened, yes, uh, it happened just a day ago. So, and Doug Nikhazy, who I said, you know, hadn't been getting promoted as a second-round pick, he got promoted to Akron from Lake County. Outfielder Cesar Adrogo got promoted to Lake County from Lynchburg. Then we had Angel Ganau, a really interesting shortstop prospect, one of the top international younger prospects we have. Uh, I'm talking real young, like 18 years old. He got promoted to Lynchburg from the Arizona complex league, which I believe just wrapped up its games. Um, The first position player that Cleveland drafted this year actually made an appearance in Lynchburg. Joe lamp or it might be Lampa was activated and added to the Lynchburg roster and actually got a hit yesterday. So, or at least least one hit, uh, which was pretty, pretty great to see. Other than that, we had obviously, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Valera promoted to AAA, Angel Martinez promoted to AA, and uh, Rokio promoted to AAA. So I think that covers all of the most interesting transactions. I believe that brings us then to the end of this week's podcast. Huh. Well, not quite the end. We usually, uh, there's usually a sampling of something that we uh, throw in there.
0: Well I, I could um, there's this poet by the name of E.E. E. Gamings I have a, a selection of his that I could read I suppose Let's hear it <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Most likely Ray to collect a bologna sandwich Number one Cory Kluber Number two G-Man Choi. Number three, Jose Siri. Number four, Yu Chang. Number five, Francisco Mejia.